الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته تفسير أبصورة الزلزلة إذا زلزلت الأرض زلزالها This is known as Surah Al-Zalzala and it's also known as by or it's also known by the beginning of the Surah إذا زلزلت الأرض So sometimes it's called the Surah إذا زلزلت الأرض and sometimes it's called Surah Al-Zalzala This Surah is a surah which is Makkiyah, at least that appears to be Makkiyah. However, there is an opinion that it is Madaniyah. As for those who said it is Makkiyah, it's narrated from Ibn Abbas and Ibn Mas'ud and others. And it was the choice that Ibn Kathir mentioned. And the way Ibn Kathir mentioned it, he mentioned it like there's no other opinion. You know, he, he mentioned it with, a, you know, with resolve in a firm way. He said it's Makkiyah. However, there is a report from Ibn Abbas, Qatada, and others. Uh, Ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhuma, Qatada, rahimahullahu ta'ala, and others who said that it is Madaniyah, and Allah, Azza wa Jal, knows best, but it appears to be Makkiyah, and Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, knows best. As for the topic of the surah generally, then the topic of the surah is this earth and the people on it. On the Day of Judgment. The earth and all the people who are on the earth, all the people who passed away until the Day of Judgment comes, what will happen to them Yawm Al-Qiyamah? That's what the topic of the Surah is. And like many of the small Surahs in the Qur'an, the Qisar, Al-Mufassal, the small Surahs in the Qur'an, It has one primary topic. Not all of them are like that, but many of them have one primary topic. First of all, this word zulzila or zalzala or zalzala, it has a repetition in it. You notice that the two letters that repeat it, zalzal. Zal, zal, a, zalzala. That repetition is there to show you that the action itself will repeat. And of course, zilzal uh, is the shaking of the earth, like the tremor which you have in an earthquake where the earth and the land shakes. But what we're told about it from the word zalzala is that it doesn't just happen one time. Zelzala, it keeps on, it keeps on shaking. It keeps on moving and it is muttariba. It's not steady, it's shaky. And it keeps on moving and this repeats itself again and again like for a prolonged period of time. And that's what is called zelzala. So it's something that comes again and again. And what is this zelzala in reality? 
It's narrated from some of the companions عنهم, that they said the earth will shake from below. In other words, instead of something shaking from above or something is hitting the ground from above, like from the sky, and then the earth shakes, the earth will shake from min asfaliha, from underneath your feet. From underneath your feet, the earth will shake. And it will shake and it will be unsteady and it will move around and it will happen repeatedly again and again. When the earth will be made to shake, or when the earth will shake, here, the question that comes is, when is this event speaking about? Because either is something that tells us that it's, it's something that's either when this is going to happen. The surah is going to talk about what is going to happen to the people when the earth is shaking like that and the earth is moving like that. What's going to happen to people? What's going to happen to people? So when is this going to be? The well-known opinion is that it's going to be with the first blowing of the horn. And there are two, uh, there are two blowings of the horn which will sound, or which will signal the coming of the Day of Judgment. And we know that the Prophet ﷺ told us the angel with the horn has, he has put his, he's put, raised the horn and his eyes remain fixed, waiting for a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's how close the qiyamah is. When the horn is blown, it will be blown twice. وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَصَاعِقَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ the, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that the, the horn will be blown and everyone in the heavens and everyone in the earth will faint except for those who Allah wills. Then it will be blown again and they will all be standing looking around. And between the two blowings of the horn, there are 40. And the hadith doesn't mention what that 40 is. Is it 40 days or 40 months or 40 years? And the, the mashhur is that it's 40 years, but from the point of view of the hadith, we don't have a clear evidence for that. Between the blowing of the two horns. So when the first horn is blown, there are people still alive on the earth. And many people, if not the majority of Bani Adam, but no doubt the majority of Bani Adam will have passed away and they will be in their graves either in the pleasure and the bliss of the grave of the believer or the punishment of the grave for the disbeliever and the disobedient Muslim between those two. So when the first horn is blown, whoever is remaining on the earth and nobody will remain except the worst of people because we know that the hour will not come except upon the most evil of people. By that time, a warm wind will have come that will, or a wind will have come that will have taken away the life of every believer. So here, 
the hour will come when the actual horn is blown upon the worst of, of people. And when it happens, everyone on the earth will, will fall, will fall faint. And then between that blowing of the horn and the second blowing of the horn will be that period of 40. And then when the second blowing of the horn is blown, all those who are in the graves, from those who died from the time of Adam until those who died at the last moment when the horn was blown, all of them will be standing up, looking around. So the well-known opinion about this, the zalzala is that the zalzala is what will happen when the horn is blown the first time. And this is the opinion of Ibn Jarir, Rahimahullahu uh, Ta'ala. However, some of the scholars mentioned that it is still possible that it could be also the second time or both of the times. There isn't anything to prove it or disprove it. Uh, it could also refer to the second time when the people clamber out from their, from their graves. And the surah could be understood both ways. It can be understood that the first ayah is when the, first, the horn is first blown. And then the second ayah is when the second horn is blown. And that's the well-known opinion, that the first ayah is when the first horn is blown and the second ayah is when the second time the horn is blown. But it could also be uh, different from that. We don't have a clear evidence and Allah knows best. Either zulzilatil ard, when the earth is shaken, zilzalaha. Now this word zilzalaha, I'm not going to go too much into the Arabic grammar here. Um, because for me, I, if I talk about the verbal noun and things like that, I, I don't think that most people will understand uh, the, the concept there. But there is something that I want you to take from the word. And that is that the word zilzalaha proves conclusively that it will be a real tremor of the earth, a real shaking and a real, the earth will really shake. And it's not like, because the word zelzela can be used for an extreme fear in someone's heart. It can be used for an extreme fear in someone's heart. So you could say that, you know, uh, for example, about what Allah said about the believers. What, what Allah uh, said about the believers, that they were shaken. They were shaken. A severe shaking. But here, what it indicates here is that the zalzala here, zilzalaha, here is haqiqiyah. It's a real zalzala. And it's not like a, it's not they were shaken with fear or they were shaken with doubt or they were shaken in their hearts. It's that the earth will truly shake in reality. And I just think that's important to note generally that um, our basic principle when it comes to the ayat and the ahadith is that we take them as they come. We take them ala zahiriha. We take them as they are apparent. And we don't need to go off into interpretations and ideas and kind of dreams and figurative concepts unless it, there is a, a clear evidence for doing so. Otherwise, we take the ayah as it came. And we're going to come to that in the second ayah also. So to begin with, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا When the earth is shaken, 
with a shaking or with an earthquake or a tremor. And as we said here, this is when the horn is blown. And the earth brings out its athqal. Its athqal. So here, the earth brings out or the earth throws out. So here, the earth is throwing out what was buried inside of it. And that seems to be the, uh, the, the most generic way we can translate athqal as all those things. Because athqal, obviously the word uh, comes, you have similar to the word thaqil, heavy or weighty, or like a burden. But here, athqal are all those things that are weighing down upon the earth. All those things that are buried in the earth. And that doesn't have to just mean the people in the graves, although that was the opinion of Ibn Jarir, and after him Ibn Kathir, rahimahumullah ta'ala, al-mawta, they said they are, they are the dead people in the graves who will be thrown out of the graves and they'll be standing up on the earth. So the earth will, will push out, will throw out, will take out all of the people who had died that were buried on the earth. And even those that are not buried, because that is a matter, that is something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do all things, and they will not escape Yawm al-Qiyamah because they were create, because they were cremated or because they were, uh, you know, they, they, they don't, their body has gone, you know, into the sea or, because, or whatever it might be. So the earth will throw out, will bring out all of the burdens of the things that were buried inside of it. However, there's no reason why we have to limit this only to al-mawta, to the dead. We can also expand this right out to include even the, the kunuz, the, the buried treasures, the things that were with, hidden within the earth. Maybe even, you know, whatever it might be, we talk about, you know, the, the mass graves of the places where people were killed, where people didn't know they were buried, all of the secrets and the things that were hidden within the earth. It's, it's certainly no, no particular reason why we shouldn't include that also, even though no doubt the primary meaning is al-mawta, the dead people that will be brought out. But the earth will bring out all of the things. Nothing will be hidden. Nothing will be concealed. Nothing will be lost. And so the earth will bring out everything that was within it. This zelzala, this shaking, which is mentioned here, and this bringing out, is, are both mentioned elsewhere in the Quran. Allah Azza wa Jal said, "Ya rabbakum, O mankind, have taqwa of your Lord. The shaking of the hour is something great, i.e., something severe." Something severe. And as we know from the, from, the, from the following ayat in Surah Al-Hajj, it will cause the pregnant woman to, to miscarry her baby. She will miscarry her baby. And it will cause uh, the woman who is feeding her child to, to, to drop her child. And you will see the people. 
you will see the people as though they are drunk, but they are not drunk. You will see the people walking as though they are drunk, as though they are. And subhanAllah, many of us have seen people like that. Certainly living in the West, you've seen somebody who's completely drunk, walking around, doesn't know where they are, falling over on the street, standing up again, falling over again. But the thing that's making them like that, it's not alcohol. It's not alcohol. It's the severity. But the punishment of Allah is severe. It's the punishment of Allah that is making the person behave like that. From the severity of the punishment of Allah, they are behaving as though they are drunk. And as for the bringing out of the earth, this is also mentioned elsewhere in the Quran. وَأَلْقَتْ مَا فِيهَا وَتَخَلَّتْ وَأَلْقَتْ مَا فِيهَا وَتَخَلَّتْ uh, In Surah Al-Inshiqaq, if I'm not mistaken. That the earth will أَلْقَتْ مَا فِيهَا it will, Everything that's in it, it will throw it out. It will throw it out. أَلْقَتْ مَا فِيهَا It will bring it out. وَأَخْرَجَتِ الْأَرْضُ أَثْقَالَهَا As for the word أَثْقَال, there's also something we can bring in here. The ayah in Surah Al-Rahman سَنَفْرُغُ لَكُمْ أَيُّهَا الثَّقَلَانِ أَيُّهَا الثَّقَلَانِ here refers to the jinn and the men. فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ as is the, the theme of the, the surah. Which of the ayat of Allah do you jinn and men both deny? So the jinn and the men can be referred to as الثَّقَلَان the two species, the jinn and the men. So here the thaqalan being the jinn and the men also brings back to athqalaha that the jinn and the men that are within the earth, Allah will cause the earth to spit them all out, to just throw them all out. وَأَلْقَتْ مَا فِيهَا وَتَخَلَّتْ وَأَذِنَتْ لِرَبِّهَا وَحُقَّتْ وَأَخْرَجَتِ الْأَرْضُ أَثْقَالَهَا Why is the word al-ard? mentioned here again because generally in Arabic once you've mentioned the subject you don't need to then mention it again you could simply say in normal speech it would be you know, there's no change of subject it's the same topic but here the word here it's mentioned very deliberately it's mentioned deliberately to give emphasis to it. To, that's why it's mentioned the second time. Otherwise, generally in Arabic, the subject isn't usually mentioned every time that the verb is mentioned. After that, you would use it or he or she, as probably you would in English as well. Like you would say, for example, Muhammad said, and then in the second sentence, he said. It's unlikely you would keep on repeating the name of the subject. Muhammad said, Muhammad said, Muhammad said. And if you did that, it's for the emphasis. It's to emphasize. And that's what it is here. Al-Ard here is to emphasize that everything that is within the earth, it will be, it will be, it will be brought out. All of the secrets that are within the earth, all of the people from the jinn, from the men, all of the things that were concealed within the earth will be brought out. And that's a major theme of the surah, which is the hidden things being exposed. And I believe this is one of the themes of the surah that you can really, you can really point to, that the 
the hidden things and the secrets being exposed Yawm Al-Qiyamah. وَقَالَ الْإِنسَانُ مَا لَهَا And mankind will say, what's wrong with it? What's the matter with this earth? And this is because this shock from mankind, and either this refers to النفخة الأولى أو الثانية, either the first blowing in the horn or the second blowing of the horn. If it's the first blowing of the horn, then the people on the earth who experienced the blowing of the horn and this, the hour coming, they will say, Malaha, what's the matter with the earth? We've never seen the earth ever behave like this before. Or when the people are raised from the graves and the earth is shaking, they will say, Malaha, what's the matter with the earth that it's shaking like this? The earth, because this idtirab, this shaking and being unsteady, is not something that they are familiar with on the earth. Generally, what we know about the earth is the earth, you know, istiqrar. The earth is stable. And yes, we have earthquakes. But generally speaking, the whole earth, the earth is generally stable. And for you to find the whole earth from the top to the bottom, the whole of the land shaking in that way, it's not usual. So the man or mankind says, Malaha. What's the matter with this earth? What's happening to this earth that it's shaking like this? We knew it to be stable. We knew it to be steady under our feet. And now they can't stand up on it. It's shaking. And it's, tw- and it's throwing out what is within it. On that day, the earth... Here the word earth isn't mentioned a third time. On that day, it will tell its news. It will inform or it will speak of its news. Now, here again, we want to highlight here that the meaning of يَوْمَئِذٍ تُحَدِّثُ is that it will speak in حَقِيقَةٍ, in reality. It's not the case that it will... uh, it will, just like some of the scholars said, some of the people of knowledge, they said this, it will not speak, but it will just bring out the bodies and bring out the treasure and bring out the things that were stolen and bring out, you know, it, it, it will just, it will speak by its actions. But that's not the case. Because many, many times we are told about the earth speaking and the mountains and the trees and the stones and so on. And there are many ahadith in this regard in different times. So there's no reason for us to make this a metaphorical thing. There's no reason for us to say that this is all, this is just the earth throwing out what was within it. There's no reason for us to say that. Rather, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Yawma idhin tu hadithu, it will speak to hadithu. It will speak of its akhbar, its news. Now, as for its news, there is a hadith. The hadith is in a Tirmidhi and Ahmed. And the hadith is a clear explanation of the ayah, except the hadith has some weakness in it. And some of the scholars said it's Hassan. So I'll quote you the hadith because that the tafsir, no doubt, from, from it is correct without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, but the question is, is the hadith, does it reach the level of being authentic or not? And many of the scholars said it doesn't quite reach that level. In this hadith, it's said that the Prophet ﷺ said, أَتَدْرُونَ مَا أَخْبَارُهَا أَتَدْرُونَ مَا أَخْبَارُهَا 
Do you know what the news of the earth is? I do you know what this means? Do you know what it means? They said Allah and His Messenger know best. And I think I mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. That whenever you hear the phrase Allah and His Messenger know best, this isn't equating the knowledge of the Prophet with Allah. It's not saying that Allah and the Prophet are the same. Or that Allah and the Prophet both know the answer to everything. That's not the case. Rather, what is this is saying is it's said after revelation is given to the Prophet. Meaning the Prophet said, Atadaruna ma akhbaruha. Do you know what the news of this earth is? Now, clearly, when he said that, he had revelation from Allah. He wouldn't have asked that question and then said, I don't know either. Atadaruna ma akhbaruha and then said, La adri, I don't know. The Prophet that was not his the way that he was. The Prophet he would have clearly known the answer that Allah had revealed to him before he asked that question. So once he's asked that question, the Sahaba know that Allah has revealed the answer to him. So they say, Allahu wa Rasuluhu alam. Allah and His Messenger know best, meaning Allah knows best from His infinite knowledge. And the messenger knows best because Allah has given him the answer. That's what it means. Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam. Qal fa inna akhbaraha an tashhada ala kulli abdin wa amatin bima amil ala zahriha. An taqul amila kada wa kada yawma kada wa kada fahadihi akhbaruha. It said that the Prophet said, its news is that it will bear witness against every male and female servant, I, every male and female servant of Allah, every person that did anything on the surface of the earth, it will say, this person did such and such and such and such on this day and that day. This is its news. As for the tafsir of the ayah being this, I think there is no doubt, there is no doubt at all that this is the tafsir of the ayah. The doubt is only is the hadith, is it authentic as a hadith? If it's authentic as a hadith, we, are, we don't have another tafsir. We have the tafsir the Prophet gave and that's it. If it's authentic as a hadith, we don't have anything further to add. But the hadith has some weakness in it, but the actual content of it, there is no doubt this is the meaning, that the earth will bear witness to the things that were done on its surface. The earth will inform, the earth will inform of what happened on its surface. And subhanAllah, this is something, wallahi, when you think about it, if it should really affect a person. It really should affect a person. If that person has a heart that is, you know, that is soft, that is thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that a person, how many things we do, we think we ran away from everyone, we, we're doing it in private. Can you, you know, you know what, how people are. They go and they do a sin and maybe they drive far away and, or they walk far away and they go into a place where nobody can see them or they go into a room where nobody can see them or they go with somebody they shouldn't be with and they go to a far away place where nobody can see them. SubhanAllah, nobody can see them. There's a crowd that can see them. The angels see them. The one who is writing down on the right shoulder and the left shoulder sees them. 
The earth sees them and will witness what they did Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Above all of that, Allah Jalla Fi Ula, Allah exalted in His Highness, sees them. SubhanAllah, they think that they're alone and how not only is it that Allah sees them, rather Allah sees them and the angels see them and the earth sees them and their hands see them and their arms and their legs see them and all of them Yawm Al-Qiyamah will give a witness to what they did. So it just makes you really think that you're not ever alone. You're not alone. Allah always sees you and we know that. You know, and we try to strive for ihsan and ta'bud Allah You worship Allah as though you can see him and even though you can't see him, you know that he sees you. But it kind of feels abstract, right? It kind of feels like it, it's difficult for a person to always keep that in mind. But when you think that, subhanAllah, the earth will testify to what you did. The earth will bear witness to what you did. Your hands, your feet will bear witness to what you did. The angels on your right and left will bear witness to what you did. And above all of that, Allah will bear witness. And وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ شَهِيدًا Allah is enough of a witness. How can a person after that ever feel like they are alone and safe from anything happening to them or safe from anyone knowing what they do? So... People complain, as I said, people complain about the, you know, CCTV is watching me and people are watching me and spies are watching me and the government's watching me. And Wallah, before all of that, ya ikhwani, before you think about any of that, before all of that, say Allah is watching me. And then say that Allah has given the ability for the angels to testify, for the earth to testify, for my hands to testify, for my eyes to testify for my feet to testify against me. The ground that I walk on will bear witness against me. Before you worry about a CCTV camera that sees what you do, think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees what you do. So to the extent that the, the earth is gonna give a witness to what was done on it, to all the people and what they did and where they went and what they said, what they did, where they, you know, all the things they did on the surface of the earth. How will the earth be able to do that? When it's only earth, it's jamida, it's, it's not alive, it doesn't have a brain, it's just a solid, you know, piece of earth. How will the earth testify? Because the Lord of that earth, the Lord of that earth has revealed to it. Now here we have a lot of things to talk about. We have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, and uh, on this, on this, uh, First of all, what does the ba here mean? Bi'anna. Uh, some of the scholars, they said the bi'anna, it means because, bi'sabab. That the earth will speak its news. I will inform about all the things that were done on it. Because your Lord inspired it. Or because your Lord commanded it. We're going to come to that in a minute. 
And it said that the ba here refers to it being by the command of Allah or by the permission of Allah. Because Allah gave the permission for it to do so. Or because Allah commanded it to do so. And these meanings are not very far away. So what does awha laha mean? The word awha, it comes from al-wahi. It comes from wahi. And wahi is... Wahi is revelation, right? But the word wahi has lots of meanings in Arabic apart from revelation. So it can mean al-ishara. It can mean to signal. It can mean to signal. We have an example of that from the Quran. فَخَرَجَ عَلَى قَوْمِهِ مِنَ الْمِحْرَابِ فَأَوْحَى إِلَيْهِمْ That Zakariya came out to his people from the mihrab, the private area of worship. He wasn't allowed to speak, remember, because his sign was not to speak to the people for three full nights or in Surah Ali Imran, first one in Surah Maryam. So Zakariyah was told he was not allowed to speak, he had to refrain from speaking. He signaled to them. He made signs to them. He, made, he signaled to them. And so signaling can be called wahi. Likewise, commanding someone can be called wahi. And likewise, inspiring. Inspiring. يُوحِي بَعْضُهُمْ إِلَىٰ بَعْضٍ زُخْرُفَ الْقَوْلِ غُرُورًا كَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًا شَيَاطِينَ الْإِنْسِ وَالْجِنِّ يُوحِي بَعْضُهُمْ إِلَىٰ بَعْضٍ Likewise, we inspired to, or likewise, we made for every prophet, enemies, shayateen, shaitan, from the jinn and the men who inspire each other. They inspire each other. So those jinn and those men, they do, they give each other wahi. They don't give each other revelation. They're not reciting the Quran. They're not transmitting the Qur'an from Allah or the speech of Allah. It's not revelation. It's wahi as in inspiration. They inspire. They inspire. And as we said, it can mean to command. And there are many different uh, meanings of the word wahi here. So the meaning of the word wahi is not that Allah Azza wa Jal, it's not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave revelation to the earth, as in sent down a book or a scripture to the earth. But what it is, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, either he commanded or he inspired the earth. And that is also indicated by the word laha. By the fact that your Lord, awha laha. Because the usual word that comes with wahi is ila. 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 Uh, so we usually say, for example, awha ilayha. And not awha laha. So the laha here, there are different uh, interpretations of it, which are all uh, similar. Uh, from them are those who, like Al-Bukhari, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said that there is no difference between laha and ilayha. But for those who said that there is a difference, what they said is that the laha means adina laha or amara, amaraha or amara laha. That Allah gave permission 
So Allah inspired the earth to be able to do this. Allah commanded the earth to be able to do this. And Allah gave permission to the earth to be able to do this. So it is mentioned uh, also, some of, the, some of the, the people of knowledge, they said that it is, and perhaps some of the companions, if I'm not mistaken, that they said that it is the, that the earth will say, that Allah will say to the earth, Kuli. Allah will say to the earth, speak. Kuli, say, say what you have to say. And then the earth will be able to say. So the point we want to take from the ayah is, that, that the earth's ability to do that is given to it by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah will say to the earth, speak. And it's not a hadith, so, but generally speaking, that Allah will command the earth to speak or Allah will give permission for the earth to speak and Allah will inspire the earth by giving it the ability to speak all about what was done on the surface of the earth when the people were roaming upon that earth. يَوْمَئِذٍ يَسْطُرُ النَّاسُ أَشْتَاتًا لِيُرَوْ أَعْمَالَهُمْ On that day, يَسْطُرُ النَّاسِ يَسْطُرُ النَّاسِ Here, يَسْطُرُ uh, What it means is, it's the opposite of الْوُرُود So it means يَرْجِعُ Or it means uh, they will come back. They will come back. So this ayat is not telling you about what will happen when the people go for the judgment. But it's telling you what will happen when the people will come back from having been judged. On that day, the people will return back. This is after the hisab. After their judgment, after their matter has been decided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. الناس, on that day, the people will return. So we know a lot about the people going and they will run from prophet to prophet. And finally, the Prophet وسلم, will intercede. And, and uh, we know that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how he will judge the people. And we know about the weighing of the deeds and we know about the scales and all of the things that will happen. But this ayah tells us what will happen when it's done. The people are coming back. The people are coming back now after their account has been made. They're going to come back. The people will come back. Ashtata. Ashtata. And the meaning of Ashtata is they will come back and wa'a different types of people. Fariqun fil Jannah wa Fariqun fil Sa'ir. A group of them will come back going towards Jannah. A group of them will come back going to Jahannam. A group of them will come back. Saying, kitabia. A group of them will come back saying, kitabia. Go and read my book. Inni anni mulaqin hisabia. I'm sure that I'm going to meet my account. Fi fi 
He will be so happy in a, such a content life in paradise. Some people will come back devastated. How I wish I was never given my book. And I never knew what my account was going to be. How I wish this was the end of my life and I could just die and just be dust. Like when the Kathir will say, I wish I could just be dust. Look at the difference between that and that. A people in paradise and a party in the fire. Look at the difference between them and them. Between him and him. Between her and her. Each of them different groups. Ashtatan, separated between them. Masadira shetta. They'll come back to very different places. Some of them will come back on that last journey from being judged to be driven into Jahannam as a, as a, a group, like to, be, to be pulled into Jahannam on their faces, to be dragged into Jahannam on their, on their faces with the angels beating them and saying, to say, taste the punishment of Allah, taste the burning punishment. And a group will be brought to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a delegation. On the day when we're going to gather the, the righteous people, the people of taqwa together as a delegation before Ar-Rahman, the most merciful. Look at the difference between them and them. Look at the difference between them and them. Ashtata, complete separation. Fariqun fil jannah wa fariqun fil sa'ir. A party in paradise and a party in the fire. Liuraw a'malahum. Liuraw a'malahum. In order that they see their deeds. But here, if it's talking about the ruju'ah, the coming back, if Allah is telling us about what will happen when those people come back, then how is it that they will see their deeds at that time? Isn't it that they've seen their deeds before that and now they're seeing the outcome of their deeds? Well, that's not the case. Here, what is intended is the jaza. What's intended is the jaza, the reward, the recompense. The recompense, that's what's intended here. They will see what their deeds led them to. They will see the outcome of their deeds. They will see the recompense of their deeds. It's not that they will see that they've seen their deeds, they've read their book, but now they will see what those deeds led them to. And that's the reality of when you see your deeds. Each one of them will see what their deeds really produced. Will see the fruits, the thamara of their deeds, the jaza of their deeds, the recompense of their deeds, what was the outcome of their deeds. That's what they're going to see. Whoever 
this ayah or these two ayat there is a truly amazing tafsir of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the hadith is in Sahih Muslim when the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned this and he called this ayah ayatun jami'atun fadha it's an ayah that is comprehensive it's an ayah that is comprehensive and it is unique. It's a single, unique, comprehensive ayah. And I'm going to read part of the hadith to you. The Prophet wasallam he said, Al-khaylu ma'qoodun fi nawasiha qala suhayl ana ashukku al-khayru ila yawmil qiyamah the Prophet ﷺ said, the horse, its forelock, being when it's when the horse is reined, the horse has its its reins and has its uh, you know it it's being it's being taken, it's being guided by the reins. There will be good in this until the day of resurrection. There will be khair in this ila yom al qiyamah, i.e., the horses that are prepared. For fighting for the sake of Allah, and we already spoke about them in which surah? Which surah did we speak about the horses that are prepared for fighting for Allah? Surah Al Adiyat. Wal Adiyati Tabaha. The Prophet said there will be good in them until Yawm al Qiyamah. He said, Al Khailu Thalathatun. Fahiya lir Rajuli Ajarun. Walir Rajuli Sitrun. Wali. فَهِيَ لِرَجُلٍ أَجْرٌ وَلِرَجُلٍ سِتْرٌ وَلِرَجُلٍ وِزْرٌ The horse will be three things to a man. The horse will be three things to a man. It will either be a reward or a covering or a burden, like a punishment. فَأَمَّا الَّتِي هِيَ لَهُ أَجْرٌ as for the one who will be rewarded for their horse, فَالرَّجُلُ يَتَّخِذُهَا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَيُعِدُّهَا لَهِ فَلَا The Prophet ﷺ, he said, I'll translate bit by bit. He said, it is the man who takes that horse for the sake of Allah, i.e. for fighting for the sake of Allah, and he prepares and trains that horse for that purpose. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, فَلَا تُغَيِّبُ شَيْئًا فِي بُطُونِهَا إِلَّا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَهُ أَجْرَهُ He said, nothing goes into the stomach of that horse except that Allah Azza wa Jal writes a reward for the owner of that horse. وَلَوْ رَعَاهَا فِي مَرْجٍ مَا أَكَلَتْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَهُ بِهَا أَجْرَهُ Even if the horse is grazing in the meadow, Everything, little thing that it eats, and the horse eats all the time, right? The horse is always grazing from the, from the grass. Everything the horse eats is going to get a reward. For, that person is going to be rewarded for everything he eats in the meadow. He said, even if he takes his horse to a river, not even talking about him 
we're not even talking about him uh, with the horse. We're not talking about him bringing a bucket of water. He takes the horse to the river and the river is there and it's no, no hardship for the person. And the horse drinks from the river. Every single drop that the horse drinks from the river, that person will have a reward for every drop that enters the stomach of that horse. Every single drop that enters the stomach of that horse, he will have a reward for it. And if that horse is made to run like a length, I don't know if you call it a furlong or something, like a, a, you make that horse run a length and then run back again another length, or the horse goes up on top of a high place, every step that that horse takes, he will receive a reward for it. As for the one that this is a covering for them, he said, as for the man that the horse is, not a reward for him, but it's, it's a covering for him. And it's, 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 he doesn't get punished, he doesn't get rewarded, but it's a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing for him. It's okay for him. This person is the person who takes the horse because it's a noble thing to have. It's a beautiful thing to have. And it's tajammul. It's something beautiful, something noble. And he doesn't forget it's right. On its back or its stomach, meaning he doesn't put too much on its back and he doesn't give it too little to eat. So he gives it adequate food and he doesn't overload the horse or overwork the horse on its back. Whether it's hard or easy, I, whether the horse is behaving badly or well or whether he's in a time of, rich, uh, of, of riches or poverty, no matter what the situation is, he's good to the horse. He doesn't put too much on the horse's back. And he doesn't uh, neglect to feed the horse and give it water to drink. That person, it's a covering for him. Alhamdulillah, he did a good thing. He did good for the horse. He did good for himself. But it's not the reward that the first one got. As for the one that is going to have a burden, like a punishment, a sin. The one who takes it in vain and glory and showing off in front of the people. For that person, that horse will be a sin for them, a burden for them, that he uses it to show off in front of people and to show off how much money he has and to show how good he is and for his own glory and for his own, uh, for his own vanity, then this person will earn a sin by that. Now we come to the purpose of the hadith in relation to the ayah. The Prophet ﷺ said, or was said to him, What about the donkey or messenger of Allah? Because the donkey could be 
I mean, you wouldn't ride it in war, but what if someone carried the goods for the war on the donkey? Or what if someone kept it, they couldn't afford a horse, but they kept a donkey and they used it for transporting the goods for the army or for bringing the food to the Muslims or whatever it might be. They used it for some good. Will they also be rewarded for the donkey or messenger of Allah? قال ما أنزل الله علي فيها شيئا. He said Allah didn't reveal anything to me about the donkey specifically. إلا هذه الآية الجامعة الفاتحة except for this one comprehensive ayah. فمن يعمل مثقال ذرة خير يره ومن يعمل مثقال ذرة شر يره. Whoever sees or whoever does an atom's weight of good will see it. And whoever does an atom's weight of evil will see it. So the Prophet explained this ayah is jami'ah. It covers everything. So we ask, is there, a, is there an, an ayah about the donkeys that carry the food to the needy Muslims? There's not an ayah about that. فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ خَيْرًا يَرَهُ وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَرًّا Whoever does an atom's weight of good will see it. Whoever does an atom's weight of evil will see it. This ayah covers everything. No matter how small it is, no matter how big it is. And that covers the good deeds and it covers the sins. As for the good deeds, then we have the statement of the Prophet وسلم, لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئا ولو أن تلقى أخاك بوجه طلق Don't look down or belittle any good deed even if it is meeting your brother with a smiling face. What's smiling at your brother? What can that be worth to me, Yawm Al-Qiyamah? Is that going to be the thing that can put me into Al-Firdaws Al-A'la, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, is just a smile to my brother? فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ خَيْرًا يَرَهُ Whoever does even an atom's worth of good, you will see that good that you've done. You'll see the outcome. You'll see the benefit of that good that you did even if it's meeting your brother with a smiling face. Likewise, the Prophet said, Fear the fire, protect yourself from the fire, even if it is only with half a date, even if it is only with a good word. Half a date, who can't find half a date? Half a date. And if you think half a date, Aisha radiallahu anha, she once gave a grape in sadaqah radiallahu anha. She gave a grape, not a bunch of grapes. She gave one grape. One grape. That's what she had to give in sadaqah. And knowing our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, maybe she didn't have anything to eat. And she only found for herself. She gave one grape. And she said, وَقَالَتْ كَمْ فِيهَا مِنْ مِثْقَالِ ذَرَّةِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا وَأَرْضَاهَا She said, how many atoms weights are inside of there? How much مِثْقَالِ ذَرَّةِ You can call it atoms weight, you can call it a tiny speck, weight of a tiny speck. Or in any case, whatever the term you want to call it, how many مِثْقَالِ ذَرَّةِ are inside of that grape? Subhanallah. Makes you change your whole perspective on sadaqah. 
your whole mind on sadaqah completely changes because before you would say, well, a pound, what's that going to do for anyone? It's not going to give him any food and it's not going to relieve his hunger. It's not going to do anything. It's pointless. How many atoms are inside of that pound? If you do even an atom's worth of good, you will see it. If you do even a speck, the tiny, it just means the tiniest thing. And then think how sensitive the scales are Yawm Al-Qiyamah. You know, sometimes you imagine how the scales would be Yawm Al-Qiyamah. You think about the scales Yawm Al-Qiyamah and you think, SubhanAllah. You know, you imagine great big scales to weigh people, to weigh deeds. What's the most, the tiniest scale that you have in this world, right? It's like the scale of the jeweler. They say that if you want to, you know, when you, you do the aqiqah, you shave the baby's head and you measure the baby's hair on the jeweler scales, the scales of the jeweler, they're where they measure like tiny, tiny amounts. That scale of the jeweler doesn't measure atoms. It doesn't measure atoms weight. It measures quite big things and that's like a sensitive scale. Yawm al-Qiyamah, how huge that scale will be and Allah only knows what it will look like and what it's sa- except that it will have two pans. You know the pans of the scale, two pans so that it can be balanced. Kiffatan, any two pans or two of the, yeah, two of the pans, they call them the pans on the scales. It will have two of them. But how sensitive must it be that even mithqal dharra, an atom's weight, an atom's weight can tip your scale to Jannah and an atom's weight can tip your scale to Al-Jaheem wal-Iyadhu Billah. And that brings us to another hadith. That's why we're talking about Aisha giving a grape. And subhanAllah, it's like a, it's an amazing story. But there's a hadith in the hadith of uh, in Musnad al-Imam Ahmed from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. He said, be careful and keep away from the sins that you think are insignificant. We said, لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئا. Don't look down on any good deed. يوم القيامة, it might be that atom that tips the scales for you for Jannah. It might be that one tiny thing you did that tips the scales for Jannah. But likewise, don't ever think about the sins that you think it's just an atom's weight. It's nothing. He said that they gather together around a man until they destroy him. You know, it's like, uh, it's like they talk about death by a thousand cuts, meaning the person didn't get, his, he didn't get struck with a sword. He just got cut a thousand tiny, tiny little cuts until he died from those thousand cuts the same way that a person would die if he was struck with a big sword. That's the same thing here. That the person, it's qarat it's, al-dhunub. It's nothing. It's just an insignificant thing. Very small sin. No big deal. It's not even a major sin. It's just a small sin. Because they will gather around a person until they destroy him. The Prophet gave you an example. Like a people who they arrived in a barren land. 
فَحَضَرَ صَنِيعُ الْقَوْمِ Then the food of the people was brought. The raw food, it needs to be cooked, right? The raw food was brought. فَجَعَلَ الرَّجُلْ يَنْطَلِقُ فَيَجِيعُ بِالْعُودِ وَالرَّجُلُ يَجِيعُ بِالْعُودِ Then, um, then the, you know, the men, they all go out. And they go separately. And one brings a tiny twig. Then the next one brings a twig. Then another one comes and brings a twig. Until they have brought a huge pile. Until they brought a huge pile. And that huge pile, they made it naran. They made it into a burning fire. They made it into وَأَجَّجُوا nara, And they set, it, they set a burning fire and they, uh, they burnt or they roasted. They, they roasted. وَأَنْضَجُوا مَا قَذَفُوا فِيهَا They roasted what they threw into it. Imagine that. They, don't, they brought their food and they, they need to cook their food and they just everyone just goes and brings one little twig and that twig gets thrown and another twig gets thrown and another twig gets thrown and another one until they have a big fire that roasts everything that they put into it. And that's the example of the small evil deeds, the tiny little small evil deeds that a person does. They don't even think anything about it, they don't even take it, they don't even take it seriously. Or they don't even they don't even consider it to be something important. But they just see it as insignificant small deed. But every mustard seed weight, every atom, every speck of evil that a person does, they will see what will happen to them. They will see the recompense of it. So the ayah gives you immense hope, but it also gives you immense fear as well. Become very, very scared. And it's ayah, jami'ah, it covers everything. And that's why Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar, rahimahullah ta'ala, he has some beautiful words that he commented on the hadith, لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئا Don't belittle any good deed. ولو أن تلقى أخاك بوجه طلق Even if you, it's meeting your brother with a smiling face, the hadith in Sahih Bukhari. Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar, when he commented on this hadith, he mentioned, and he said that, a person doesn't know which good deed, which little good deed can be the one that will put him into Jannah or will be the reason for him to go to Jannah. And he doesn't know that one evil deed that might be the reason for him to go to Jahannam. And when we talk about deeds and going to Jannah, we don't mean that your deeds alone take you to Jannah. Because ultimately you only go to Jannah by the mercy of Allah. But the deeds are the reason for gaining that mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah Azza wa Jal promised إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ كَانَتْ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتُ الْفِرْدَوْسِ نُزُلًا Those people who believe and do good deeds Allah is going to give them جَنَّاتُ الْفِرْدَوْسِ The gardens of Al-Firdawsi Nuzula as their place of, of stay their place where they will their abode so we have to remember that your deeds alone don't get you Jannah because you can't, you can't do enough good deeds to deserve Jannah and you can't avoid enough sins to deserve Jannah. 
and you can't equate the blessings of Allah with enough good deeds to get Jannah. But what you can do is to do the good deeds that will be that Allah has made the cause for His mercy and promised the people who do them that they will have Jannatul Firdausi Nuzula. That's what Allah Azawajal made easy for us to mention, and Allah Azawajal knows best. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Nabi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Jazakumullah khairan for watching. Please subscribe, share, and you can visit muhammadtim.com.